Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. And today is kind of a surprise mini-sode end-of-season wrap-up. It comes with a little bit of an apology and an explanation, but basically, this is the end of season four. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this point, for listening now. I have had an amazing time making this season of episodes, and I'm delighted that I was able to share them all with you. Uh, I had intended on doing one more episode to finish off the season, but unfortunately, my guest had uh, some COVID hit both them and their family and uh yeah and then that was right before the holidays and then it they, they've basically been dealing with that since then and it it felt weird replacing them but i did reach out to a couple other guests and i did have someone else who was interested and then immediately they had a family scare themselves so i was like you know what bunch of covid happening right now like holiday stuff happening new year stuff happening Instead of trying to force this episode, I'm going to end the season now, and then I will allow it to find its own footing again when I come back for season five in a few months. So yeah, I just wanted to take some time and say thank you all again so much for listening, and I wanted to talk about some of these amazing movies I got to talk about and remake this season. Starting off, episode 87, which feels like forever ago, was a remake of Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion which I remade with my friend Josh Kaufman. Josh was returning to the podcast, uh, and Romeo and Michelle is one of his favorite movies ever. And when I kind of realized, I was like, you know what? I need to watch this movie. And what will motivate me to watch this movie is if I remake it. And knowing that Romeo and Michelle is one of Josh's favorite movies, I was like, I have to have Josh on to remake this with me. And it was super fun. And watching this movie was so surreal just because of how similar it is to me. If you go back and re-listen, you'll kind of hear me delight in the fact that Romeo and Michelle are from Tucson, Arizona. They left Tucson to move to Los Angeles to make it as an actor, or actresses in this case. And it was just very strange. And then, like, returning to Tucson for your 10th high school reunion, which is a thing I did a few years ago. And it, it was all very... It's surreal for me. So that was super duper fun. Episode 88 was a remake of the Billy Wilder movie Fedora with my friend Jenna Redding. Um, this was Jenna's, I think this was her first time on the show. But Fedora was a movie I'd never heard of. And Jenna and I had to jump through a bunch of hoops to find a way to watch this movie. And it was interesting. It, I'm I'm sure I'm going to watch more Billy Wilder movies as my life and time in Los Angeles progresses, but I think this was the first one that I'd seen, and it was an interesting style, an interesting thing, and a very, very interesting conversation about, I mean, consent for one, but also just, like, who gets to determine who a person is, and at what point are your decisions no longer your own, and it was very, very cool and interesting, and Jenna is incredibly knowledgeable about this era of Hollywood and also knowledgeable in general. 
Um, she has a podcast called Sweet Sweet Garbage, where she watches some uh, trashy movies and has a lot of fun with them. And so Jenna was an amazing guest, and I'm excited for her to return for more episodes in the future. Then episode 89 was Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I think that's right. I'm doing that off of memory. Um, that was Dylan McGran-Wells. And Dylan, I've known for a while. I've, <laughs> one of the many people I know through Pokemon Go. And Dylan is just so smart and so funny. And it's just racing to compete with his level of just knowledge and just comedic wit. And it's amazing. And watching Dr. Strangelove was so, again, surreal just because of how weirdly and very sadly current it is and continues to be. It's one of those things where I might not go back to that movie for a while just because of how real it felt. And it was difficult to remake for that reason, but I think we did a good job. Next in the realm of classic movie, episode 90 is Scarface, which I remade with Roman and Caitlin Suila Martinez. I hope I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. I'm so sorry. I've known Roman and Caitlin for a few years now. I know them kind of mostly through like writing group stuff at this point, but they have a uh, like an Instagram channel and, a, and, a, and classes that they teach called Film Reframed. So they are both incredibly talented artists and creative people and they talk about movies and classic movies and the way the shots are composed in order to draw the eye in one direction or another and it was super fascinating to talk about Scarface with them through that lens because it's a lot of intent is put into that movie and it shows and certainly for me who doesn't know very much about that area of Hollywood at all it's so important to be able to like gain that experience and, and talk to people who really do know that. And Roman and Caitlin are those people. They're super knowledgeable and super incredible human beings. And just to be able to talk about Scarface with them was delightful. I don't love the movie Scarface. I continue to not love the movie Scarface, but I enjoyed it more seeing it through their eyes. And I think that that's important. Episode 91 was a remake of a movie that many of you haven't heard of called Savannah Smiles. But those of you that have heard of it couldn't believe... Like, I had some people reach out to me and go like, Oh my god, you talked about Savannah Smiles? I grew up with that movie. It's just a certain section of the population that I just think this movie was on TV a lot. And sometimes you just found this movie. It's about these two criminals who kind of bust out of jail and are on the run. And then they accidentally pick up a little girl who had run away from home and hidden in their car. And like, we can't just take her back. They're, they're going to kill us and shoot us. And so it was kind of a comment on police, police brutality at the same time. And for a movie that came out 40, 50 years ago, it was cool. Like, I don't think there's anyone. That's not true. Mr. Miyagi's in this movie. Why can't I remember that actor's name? Hold on. Pat Morita is, Pat Morita is in the movie and he's amazing. Like he's, phenomenal and very very funny and very compassionate and it's interesting that he's in the movie because of the priest character that he plays he's not in the movie very much but he has a very powerful impact on the movie anyway Gretchen was the one who asked to remake this movie and I'm very 
grateful to her that we watched it just because it was super, I keep saying the word super, it was something that I never would have found on my own, I don't think. So being given an opportunity to just see this movie that is completely outside my realm of consciousness, like something I didn't even know I didn't know about. And that's really interesting. It also is compelling because later last year, I watched a movie called Sugarland Express, which is Steven Spielberg's like second-ish movie or first, debatable like first feature bland movie. And it felt honestly really similar to Savannah Smiles. And if I was smart, I would pay attention to which came out first. Let me look. Sugarland Express came out in 1974 and Savannah Smiles came out in 1982. So uh, if anything took from anything, it's Savannah Smiles took from Sugarland Express, but it was very interesting having kind of these two comparable things in my head. And the movies themselves aren't very similar, but they felt similar in terms of like kind of tone and subject matter. But Savannah Smiles is very sweet. It's just a sweet movie. It's a feel good movie. There's a lot of ridiculousness in it, but it's ridiculous just in terms of, like, concept. But I didn't have a bad time watching it, and I watched it on my own, so it's a good sign. Episode 92 was Titan AE, which I remade with Tanner Vogelsang and Lindsay Mitchell. And those two I've known for a little bit. Tanner, I think, first reached out because they found me on Reddit? I'm not sure how they found me. But basically, they reached out because... Tanner and Lindsay have a podcast called Not If I Reboot You First, which in concept is similar to Ideal Remake. Like, if you're a fan of Ideal Remake, you would probably enjoy Not If I Reboot You First. But they don't just do movies. They do TV shows and comics and all sorts of other things. I'm very limited. They're very broad in terms of, like, what they're willing to cover. So Tanner had originally reached out to me, and we've gone back and forth. And Tanner, as a previous guest on the show, but this was the first time Lindsay joined us. And... I don't remember how we landed on Titan AE, but that was a very interesting rewatch because I remember thinking it was better than it was. And then like prior to the rewatch and then rewatching the movie and being like, no, no, it's just bad. And that's too bad because there's so many nuggets of a good idea there. And Lindsay Tanner and I like worked together and I think we came up with something that really works and I think that all three of us were happy with. I don't know. I think that was fun. I don't get to do that many cartoons and I really do enjoy cartoons and animated movies. And I got to do two animated movies this year. And well, depends if you count Green Lantern. But yeah, it it was super great. And I enjoyed that. And I just had the Wonderful opportunity to talk about cartoons with a, with a couple really cool people. Also, go Canada. Episode 93 was with Scott Corelli, the uh, the dueling genre. There's got to be a label for Scott that I can use the DG from dueling genre, but the Don Generale, I don't know. I did remake for season four, joined the dueling genre network, and the dueling genre network is Scott's network. Scott runs it and has, there's a variety of amazing podcasts on uh, the network, uh, previous guest Chris O'Connor has his shows are on Dueling Genre, and Zach Luna is how I previous guest is how I met Scott in the first place, and it's a whole thing. But for this, Scott wanted to talk about Father of the Bride, which 
I was aware of, I'd never seen, but it's, I don't know if I'd call it a romantic comedy, but it's a classic comedy, Steve Martin movie, and it's just in Scott's wheelhouse. It's so good. And Scott basically comes in and pitches a remake for the movie that I'm still convinced Scott needs to sit down and remake and like write this movie himself. Like he doesn't need to name it Father of the Bride, but basically what Scott pitched is a movie and it's a good movie. And I someday would love to see Scott remake, not remake, just make in general, make that movie. And so that was an episode where I was kind of just along for the ride because Scott had an idea and we went with it and it was awesome. One of the things that I did throughout the the quarantine and everything was I joined a variety of different film clubs, a variety of different film clubs, really just the one film club, just Paul Presley's film club. And Paul is a previous guest of the show, although he wasn't on this season and he organized it and kept it going. And at the start of the pandemic, it was like every week we were watching a movie and then we kind of went to every other week. And now it's once a month. And because we're all vaccinated, we've been Again, prior to Omicron, I'm not sure what we're going to do this month. When we were all vaccinated, we came together and watched a movie. And we met at my place. Everyone was vaccinated. It was my first, like, gathering with human beings again. And it was amazing and wonderful. And (laughs) Paul had suggested I pick something from the superhero genre. So I had picked some movies. I put it to a vote. And then the movie we ended up voting on was this movie called Darkman. And I... It's a difficult movie to find. It's a Sam Raimi movie with Liam Neeson as Darkman doing his attempt at an American accent. And it's a very, very fun, weird movie. And I knew that if there was someone who was going to have this movie on DVD or Blu-ray that I could borrow, it was my friend Kevin Mosteller. So after watching this movie in this film club with everybody, I was like, I... I gotta talk about this movie on the podcast. And so it was Kevin's DVD. So I invited Kevin on to talk about this movie with me. Kevin has been on this show more than many one else. And it's it's, it's gotta be getting to a point where he's has more episodes than Mike originally had before Mike left the show too. And we just had a really fun time talking about the ridiculousness of this movie and just coming up with how it could work and what we would do now. And I don't know. It's... It's an interesting movie to track down, but I would definitely recommend watching it with someone else. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as if I'd been watching it alone. But with my group of friends, it just, it was very special for me. And yeah. And then was my first podcast recording back in person. My first non-Zoom podcast recording. And I go back and forth a little bit the rest of this season, but... Chris Lord, who has been on the podcast before we remade, we did a big Superman deep dive and we talked about James Bond and he was on and we remade the the 1990s The Avengers based on the British comedy series. And this time, Chris had put his stamp down that he wanted to remake The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Now, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a movie that is not good, but both Chris and I unapologetically kind of love it and we had a really fun time talking about it i we both watched it on our own and then came together and talked about it but like we both were like so we had fun watching this right like we know it's bad but it was super duper fun right yeah yeah yeah. no great cool and chris 
has such a knowledge of like superheroes and tropes, but also like classic cinema that it really worked. Although this was a time when I kind of had my, like I had an idea for like a really simple, easy fix that kind of like set our entire remake kind of in place. And Chris was on board and that's what we kind of made happen. And I really like the movie that we came up with for that. And unfortunately it's not something I can write on my own, like Scott can for father of the bride, but like, ah, I want to see it so bad. Ah, someday. And then speaking of returning guests, I had Diane Bloom on and Diane has always wanted to talk about like a Humphrey Bogart movie. Like back in season one, when we first asked her what she wanted to do, her first thing was like, Oh, I want to talk about a Bogart movie. And like, it never happened because we did hackers and Ronin and, I feel like something else also, but like this time it happened. Diane and I remade In a Lonely Place and that was a fascinating conversation because Diane is so knowledgeable about just like old school Hollywood and dance, just very smart in general. And ah, that was so cool. What was frustrating to me is as soon as we stopped recording, Diane said, okay, great. We stopped recording. Now let me tell you all the other dirt that went on behind the scenes of this movie. And I was like, what? Why didn't you tell me all this when we were recording? And she was like, Sam, if I'd told you this when we were when we were recording, it would have colored your entire perspective of this movie. And you, you wouldn't have been able to talk about anything else while we were recording the episode. And I'm like, that is true. So with that in mind, what I'm going to recommend is that you listen to the episode in a lonely place that we talked about and then... Do a little digging. Do some research on uh, what went on with some of these actors and and filmmakers and stuff that happened uh, after and during this movie. It's different than you might think. After that, for episode 97, I had a couple first-time guests. I had Cass Fredrickson and Norman Mitchell. Cass and Norman had a podcast, Lord of the Rings Minute, which had been on the Dueling Genre Network, but they finished watching all the Lord of the Rings movies and all the Hobbit movies. And while they're in the process of figuring out what their next big project is going to be, they were very kind to offer me some of their time to remake Green Lantern. And that was wild. Oh, man. So Green Lantern is a bad movie, but it's a movie I hadn't seen since in theaters. And it was one of those things where I had kind of a a couple simple fixes to fix the movie as it was. But... Norman and Cass came in with just this idea of, no, that's the wrong way to go. Like, what? Scrapping everything, building it back from the ground up. Here's what this Green Lantern movie introduction to the universe should have been. And the beat for beat, step by step, here's the movie. And it was incredible and amazing to listen to because I was just along for the ride. And... I mean, the two of them know their stuff. I mean, Cass is an incredible writer and a normal... And Norman just, like, is also an excellent, like, writer and storyteller. And just like, (laughs) they're both amazing nerds and I love it. And, ah, it was so cool and I loved it. And we just laughed throughout the whole episode and it was so much fun. It's a really long episode because we kept going on all these tangents and... But it was so fun. Not as much fun to edit, but, like, ah, it was so... That's what I love about podcasting is just like having these moments. And I don't particularly know Cass or Norman that well, but just talking with the two of them was just so wonderful. And we got to talk about Green Lantern. And that's cool too. So after that, 
episodes 98, 99, and 100 are kind of a unofficial James Cameron trilogy of episodes. And it all started with The Abyss. And this was a James Cameron movie I'd kind of never heard of. And it's like this sci-fi disaster movie, epic intrigue kind of thing. And Tom Loveman wanted to talk about this movie. And sci-fi stuff is absolutely Tom's jam. And I was excited for it. Tom was on with uh, Tom's podcasting partner, uh, Roshni Lumeo, and we'd remade The Secret of My Success, which is fun and was a, a cool movie to talk about. But like, Tom loves sci-fi. And so getting to talk about and remake sci-fi with Tom was just excellent. And what's funny about this kind of like unofficial trilogy is that Tom asked to do The Abyss. Cameron, my guest for Avatar, uh, episode 99, asked to do Avatar. And then I already knew that I'd wanted to do Terminator for episode 100. And it, it just kind of worked out that just like these three things fell in a row. And it was just James Cameron, James Cameron, James Cameron. I was like, well, this is a bit of kismet and I love it. So after The Abyss, Cameron and I remade Avatar. Now, I've been on Cameron's podcast a couple of times. Cameron is Chris Lord's podcasting partner for uh, Tim Talk, which is a podcast that is actually ending soon about the DC animated universe. And it's ending soon because they finished it. They have episodes about every single aspect of the DC animated universe uh, that was created by uh, Bruce Tim, And... It's such a fun uh, podcast. Like, I listen to all the episodes. It's so good. And Cameron is a big fan of the movie Avatar. Like, Cameron often talks about how he's, like, the number one fan of the movie Avatar. And it was really cool talking about this with him and kind of finding out what it is he loves about this movie. Like, at one point, Cam, uh, Cam talked about how, like, he used to be able to speak Navi. Like, he's into this movie. And... Again, this was a long episode because we both love to talk, but we also like really got into it and talked about just like what works, what doesn't work, what this movie did well and what it succeeded at and how that was fascinating. And what we ended up coming up with was really cool. And then Cam went and watched Dune this year and messaged me afterwards like, let me know as soon as you watch Dune. Because basically he said... Dune is the movie that I think we pitched when we pitched our remake of Avatar. And it kind of was. It kind of was this amazing little thing. And obviously not as colorful and uh, everything, but like it, it is kind of. And it was fun kind of getting there first. Now, in our defense, I had previously read the book Dune, but I don't think that colored it. Like I came from a a neutral place, but like... For an episode 99, that was really super cool. And then episode 100, 100 remakes! Yeah! We remade Terminator. And I brought back Chris Lord, Diane Bloom, Mimi Darling. Uh, Chris and Diane had both previously been on this season, but Mimi had not. She was on last season to remake Catwoman with me. And the four of us together remade Terminator. And... We broke this movie down to, like, its core components. Like, what is Terminator? How does this work? What does the movie state Terminator should be? And then what does it actually execute? And, like, this is an episode I can refer to people. Like, I love every episode I record. But every once in a while, I need, like, an episode that's, like, quintessential. Like, what is Ideal Remake? Like, at its core, what do you do? And 
our Terminator remix. So we, like, we take the movie The Terminator, break it down into the exact pieces of what made the original so fantastic, and we build back up around it over what it said its stated goals were. As an example, like it says that the Terminator is an infiltration unit, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is the least infiltrating human being there is because as soon as he walks into any room, you're like, uh, that's, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so, like, I don't know. It, you got to listen to this. If It's episode 100. It's this big celebration. All four of us were sitting here at the table that I'm recording at right now, and we remade Terminator. And, like, all four of us were like, damn it, I want to watch this movie. I want to watch it. Ah, It's one of the little things that breaks my heart about this podcast sometimes is we, may, we come up with these movies that all of us just want to see. I wish we got to, I wish we got to actually make all of them. So that episode 100 ended up being at the end of September. And there were two episodes that came out in October. And October, I don't know if you know this, it's kind of a spooky month. And Scott, one of the deals of me joining Dueling Genre is he wanted to help me for October actually remake horror movies, which makes sense, right? I mean, it's one of the most prolific, if not the most prolific genre of movies, period. And I can't really touch it because I have an incredibly difficult time watching horror movies. So it's this whole segment of cinema that I'm not really going into. And what better time than October? So what we did in October was, I'm still on these episodes, but Scott's the host. So Scott hosted a remake of these two movies and then he invited a guest on and then they both both scott and that guest would then walk me through what they thought what this movie was because i hadn't seen it and then what this movie could and should be and so that was great so the first one episode 101 scott invited on his friend pat driscoll and they did a remake of dario argento's demons which is apparently just a gore fest. And, oh man, just this, the way they described this movie was just like a disaster of blood and gore and guts and monsters and all those sorts of things. And just telling me about this movie, I was like, I'm so glad there's other people here to talk about this because it's not my jam, but... Oh, it was Scott and Pat's jam, and they had so much fun, and it was just delightful to uh, witness. Episode 102, though, was something special. Scott invited his own podcasting partner, Nick Jimenez, on, and they remade The Nightmare on Elm Street. And I didn't know this going in, but they both kind of ended up having ideas of what they wanted the movie to be. And just kind of by happenstance, once I kind of realized what was happening, I leaned into it. They both walked me through their kind of full and complete stories for these two very, very separate movies. And I kind of dubbed one of them The Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I dubbed the other one The Nightmare of Elm Street. And they're both distinct, unique, and excellent remakes of the movie. Nightmare on Elm Street it was a little bit more familiar with, just because everyone's a little bit more familiar with Freddy Krueger than they are with uh, Demons. But man, we really kind of like cut to the core of what Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is and like how we could do that going forward, both as a as a remake of kind of the original concept and kind of a retelling of 
of of the of the, the kernel of the of that idea and scott and nick are both incredible writers and the fact that they pitched out these fantastic movies i can take no credit at all they both came in with like full-on here's the movie pitches and they did great if you are a fan of the elm street franchise you have got to listen to this because it's like their favorite horror movie it's not their favorite horror movie but it's like it, it what they remake and come in with is comes from such an obvious place of love that it's just delightful and then we're into november and november 2021 i needed to talk about a movie that takes place in 2021 and my friend kevin mosteller is always up to talk about movies that are taking place presently kevin was on last season to talk about blade runner because it took place in 2020 so this year kevin had to come back on again to talk about johnny mnemonic which is this ridiculous Keanu Reeves movie that takes place in 2021. And Keanu Reeves basically plays the role of a goddamn flash drive just driving around Los Angeles. And oh man, everyone does great. Ice-T does great. Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The actor with a crossed sword does great. Everyone does an incredible job. And it's just, it's such a fun movie, but it's, it's not good, but it's fun. And there's an, it, it's a movie that has, it's I wouldn't call it a twist, but it has a surprise at kind of the turn of the third act. And you're like, this is weird. And people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about. And if you listen to the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to recommend that you watch the movie first and then go listen to the episode because I didn't see it coming. And But of course, that means that that twist has already been done. So Kevin and I had to come up with a new twist, and I think we did it. And it, just like kind of hearing us, because neither of us came in with the idea, and listening to us invent the idea in real time, just editing the episode was super duper cool. And in the following two episodes, I had two different sets of completely new guests. Episode 104 is a remake of Waterworld. Now, I wanted to remake Waterworld because they're kind of in the process of, of making a Waterworld TV show, and so a remake is happening, and I wanted to get there first. And Norman Mitchell had actually recommended that I reach out to Rick and Julia Ingham. Rick and Julia also had a minute-by-minute minute podcast, but it was Mad Max Minute. And so they'd watched all the Mad Max movies, one minute at a time, and are currently in the middle of releasing episodes for Waterworld, but they're not doing it one minute at a time they're doing it h2o minutes at a time so two minutes at a time and uh the more i think about that pun the more it makes me smile the time i think i reacted poorly <laughs> but rick and julia know so much about Waterworld, and this was one of if not the only times when my podcast guests gave me homework so the two of them sent me a copy of the original Waterworld script. And they had me watch not the regular theatrical version of Waterworld, but the Ulysses cut, which is like an extra half hour of the movie. Like, I think the original movie comes in at two, two hours 15, and the Ulysses cut comes in at like just under three. So half an hour, 45 minutes more of material. And the original script is very, very different. Like, the Kevin Costner character isn't really even the main character. And it was so interesting, like, kind of balancing these two and 
Rick talks about what the difference is between the Ulysses cut and the theatrical cut. And he talks about what was removed. And I'm like, but that's all the flavor. It's still not a good movie, but it, it also didn't feel like a three hour movie, which to its credit is important. And so Rick and Julia know this world and they know these kinds of movies so well. And so to be able to work together with the two of them to come up with something that all of us could be happy with was really interesting because Waterworld is also such an out there idea. And it's certainly something that we're all thinking about right now, which is like the climate in the state that it is. So it's, it's still current. It's still something we have to worry about. Plus if you go to Universal you got to have some context before seeing the, the, the show. So thank you, Rick and Julia, for being guests on the show. This was great. Episode 105, my friend Yanni uh, had been wanting to come on and remake E.T. And Yanni Zafirio and his partner, Josh Allen Goldman, came on and they were my guests. And the two of them, basically Yanni wanted to remake E.T. and stake his claim to this movie to make sure that no one else ever got to his favorite movie first for this podcast. If there was going to be an E.T. remake, and he says that there should not be, but if there was going to be an E.T. remake on my podcast, Yanni was going to do it because it's his favorite movie, goddammit. So Yanni and Josh came on and we just talked about E.T., which is a movie that I'd seen... I tried to watch it when I was five and got scared and we, and cause E.T. is a terrifying monster. But then I have a couple of friends that showed it to me a few years ago and I rewatched it. And I was like, oh yeah, this, this movie is very good. And so I, this was kind of like the second and a half, like the first time was a half viewing and then I had a full viewing. So it was my second full viewing of the movie and it's still very, very good and it's still excellent. And you can see why it's incredible, but it's E.T., it's such incredible, well-known IP that they're going to remake it. And so just kind of talking about like how to kind of get around it, that Yanni and Josh came in with an idea of how can we change this movie just enough? So it's still E.T., but it's something new that would appeal to people today. Kind of like what the intent was in the original E.T. and kind of the, the underlying subtext. And how that subtext might not necessarily play today, so how do we change the subtext slightly to make the movie itself feel fresh again? And I think we succeeded. It was an incredibly powerful and moving movie to watch, and I'm glad we talked about it. So of course you can only follow up E.T. with episode 106, Angry Birds. The At the time I didn't know it was going to be my season finale, but it was my season finale. Angry Birds! Alex Kane has been my guest for a series of different video game movies we've talked mortal Kombat. we've talked pixels we've talked assassin's creed so it just came time for us to talk about angry birds and this movie's so dumb i talk about this in the episode but basically i said you know what i can't make either of us watch this movie on our own so alex and i like did a movie night we got some thai food we watched this movie Alex is a stand-up comedian, so we kind of just ripped on the movie as we're watching it, but we had an amazing time, and it was a super fun, bad movie night, and it got some genuine laughs out of us, but it's not a good movie, and we just, like, had fun kind of crafting, how do we stay true to, like, the video game Angry Birds? That source material is so important. How do we, how do we do it justice? Angry Birds.
I don't know. It's a goofy, fun episode. It's a good end of the year, like, release of tension. And I liked it. Thanks for watching that movie with me, Alex. It was super goofy and funny and just great. So I want to say thank you to Josh. Thank you to Jenna. Thank you to Dylan. Thank you to Roman. Thank you to Caitlin. Thank you to Gretchen. Thank you to Tanner. Thank you to Lindsay. Thank you to Scott. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Diane. Thank you to Cass. Thank you to Norman. Thank you, Tom. Thank you to Cameron. Thank you, Chris, Diane, and Mimi. Thank you, Scott and Pat. Thank you, Scott and Nick. Thank you, Kevin, again. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Yanni. Thank you, Josh. And thank you, Alex. And thank you, most of all, especially if you've made it this far into this episode listening. Thank you, all of you, for listening to Ideal Remake. I have an absolute blast making this show, and... I'm excited to continue it in season five in a few months. So thank you listeners for being listeners of Ideal Remake. It means, it means a lot to me. I hope you all are safe. I hope you're healthy. And I hope this year of 2022 ahead of you is going to be better and wonderful and fulfilling. I hope you find creative and artistic joy I hope you find happiness. I hope you find friendship. And I hope you find something to love. And I hope you watch a lot of movies. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. And I'll see you in a few months. Or you'll hear me in a few months. One of those two. Bye.